Turn your TV to channel 3 because it's time for the legend of retro podcast at bx8b.com. Ah, that's right. Welcome back to the Legend of Retro episode 14. I'm your host, Jay. Oh, I thought you were going to hold it longer, but there we go. There it is. There it is. All right. Well, guys, welcome to episode 14 of The Legend of Retro, your only source of retro video game podcast information, details, love, sex, whatever else you want to mix up with some old games. That's what we're here for. Your only source. Number one. We've also got Ethan in the studio. Hello. And we got a little quiet looking jazzy in the corner. What up? Welcome back, buddy. The ghost of Jazzy Fiddle. Yeah. This is what happens when you uh, you don't record on a bowling day because bowling's more important than BXAB and the Legend of Retro and everything that we do around here because he likes to throw balls down lanes. He's a ball hugger. All right, guys. But we wanted to say thank you to our sponsor. Detroit Beer Collective. DetroitBeerCollective.com is where you want to go for all your beard goodies. Your beard elixirs, your oils, your mustache wax, your beard balm, custom combs, wooden and metal. Go there. DetroitBeerCollective.com. Also sign up for their beard crate where you can get a good mix of all those products to start your month off right. Use the offer code BX8B at checkout for orders $25 or more to receive 20% off. Thank you Detroit Beard Collective for sponsoring this episode of The Legend of Retro. Yeah, thanks to our sponsors, and then guys, we want to just say we had a fantastic time. It was a few days ago, but we had our 100th episode of our other podcast, the BXAP Podcast. Yeah, that's right, guys. We made it. We made it to triple digits, and now we're done. Yeah, we quit. Yeah, so sorry. <laughs> so no, but we had a we had a great time. We had everybody from the group come on, uh, and we had a lot of uh, fans send in some some really cool questions about the show. We as BXAB as a whole, we've been around for two years, and we wanted to celebrate it. So we had a great episode for the BXAB podcast. We're doing a giveaway right now, guys. So make sure to head over to bxab.com. It's free to enter. It's easy to enter, and we're giving some really cool stuff away from amiibos to. Vivi- brand new video games to Funko Pops you name it we have all sorts of cool prizes this is the biggest giveaway in BXAP history and if you miss out on it you're a straight up chump you're a straight up chump you're Agreed. a jabroni yep jabroni. I agree jabroni. with all of that and also add that you are a fool but okay <laughs> let's just hope that out of the, uh, the, that you listening are one of those people that have already entered remember you can get extra entries uh, every day. So if you've already entered and you're like, I've already done that. Well, guess what? Every day you should stop back and you can get a couple extra entries to up your chances to win some great giveaways. But Jay, where do I enter at? I already said it, but I'll say it again. It's bxab.com. Okay. Why are we talking like this? Jay, <laughs> Jay, do you have an estimated value at the total dollar dollar amount of what? It's we're priceless, giving? Ethan. Oh man, it's um, priceless. Uh, an estimated value would probably be close to four hundred dollars. Priceless. <laughs> Wee. Yep. Yep. Overall, so that's almost as expensive as my car. Oh, <laughs> not a payment. My entire car. Yeah, that's <laughs> no, that's true. true. That's why your car doesn't run anymore. And most of that is in the wheels. My car, Sabu, is just fine. The suicidal, genocidal, homicidal car. 
Yeah, well. It's all those things. Literally all <laughs> those things. So anyways, guys, if you want to check out the uh, the episode 100, you can head over to iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Overcast, and of course, BXAP.com, and you can check out that episode, as well as all the other Legend of Retro episodes. So, with that being said, Chops, where can people find us if they hate our website? If you hate our website, which you shouldn't, you can find us on Facebook at BXAB Gaming, Twitter, BXAB Gaming, Instagram, BXAB Gaming, everywhere, BXAB Gaming. That's right. Everywhere. He's got, I think he got it. Everywhere. Twitch? BXAB Gaming. YouTube? BXAB Gaming. Tumblr? BXAB Gaming. Yeah, we're still on Tumblr. That's right. That's right. That's where we put all of our nudes. We're old school <laughs> sexual pinups. If you want nerdy dick pics. If you want nude <laughs> cartridge pics. Cartridge pics. Cartridge pics. Cartridge pics. You go to Tumblr. I'm telling you, there's some fucked up shit from BXAB Gaming. There is. We've got a, like, I pooped in a Master Chief helmet and made Jay wear it. <laughs> Jay's been r- drawing Sonic fan art. I was, I was just going to say, if you want some <laughs> Sonic tentacle porn, it's there. Do it. If you want some really <laughs> weird flesh human looking penises on Sonic and Knuckles, who are not humans, Tumblr. Tumblr. Probably not BXAB Gaming, Tumblr. though. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we're going to get into the topic of the episode. Ethan, what the fuck are we talking about this week? We're talking about Sonic fan art porn. Yeah. All right. I'm ready. I'm a pro Sit at this. Sit back for the next hour as we review some of the creepiest things on Tumblr.com. Oh, and I'm going to read some of your favorite fanfic. <laughs> I've made I've made so much of this that Sega has contacted me and told me gave me a cease and desist. Cease and desist because they're actually making a secret game of Sonic and yeah. Knuckles sexual adventures. You know yeah. what the, you they know just what the hired me on is. to be a professional uh, expert of this. You know what the old saying is? A cease and desist is the next step to having a job. It's <laughs> <laughs> a success. Oh, man. So it's just trying to keep you down. No, we're, so we're talking about the birth of a genre, a genre that changed gaming and actually in the last 20 years has completely dominated the landscape of video gaming. We're talking about the birth of the first-person shooter this week Ooh. here on The Legend of Retro. <laughs> What would that be? Let's see. Man. Um, I mean, I know where the birth started for me, but... Let's start with that. Uh, Jay, what was the first first-person shooter you played? Uh, the entry to first-person shooter for me was the original Doom, and it would have been on the PC uh, via my dad hooking it up for me and, and telling me to check this out, and it was unlike anything I've ever seen because I was used to playing Mario and things like that. So, uh, yeah, it was it was Doom. And I was scared of it at first, but then it quick- as we all were, yeah. But then quickly fell in love with that game, played a ton of it. Jobs, would you enter the FPS genre? It's it's hard for me to narrow down exactly, but <clears throat> I played a little Doom in the PC, but it really didn't start for me until I played it on the 32x because that's what I had growing up. Sweet. So I got to play that, but but I didn't play a lot of it because I think my parents realized that they I probably shouldn't be playing that game. Um, so then I later, so I just stopped playing it. But later I really got into Heretic, which was like I don't know if it was a successor to Doom or if it was just made by another company. But that game I really really loved and fucking gave me nightmares because of the shit that happened in it and like just weird bloody people screams and just terrified the shit out of me. But I loved that game. Heretic was excellent. Heretic was really good. Absolutely excellent. For So for me, I started right at the beginning. My first first-person shooter experience was on a shareware copy 
of Wolfenstein 3D. Ooh. And so I remember that being a game that somehow... I, I was pretty young. I was probably like six, five or six years old playing Wolfenstein 3D. So clearly the argument can be made that I was actually way too young to be playing a game where you're going through a castle, mowing down uh, Nazis and dogs and zombies. Well, the American way is to raise people young into hating Nazis. So hmm, I think I think it was right. I think you were 100% allowed to play that game. I think it was a wise decision by all parties. Yeah. Uh, I liked that game, in fact, so much that in the second grade, I remember actually, you know, apparently at the elementary school I went to, like, paper for craft time wasn't, like, a thing that they gave out. So indoor recess, I would take paper towel, like that brown paper towel, I think I've told this story before, and actually draw out my own Wolfenstein Yeah, you brought that up before. I'd draw my own Wolfenstein maps, and I'd cut out, like, the bad guys and place them on my desk. My whole desk would be, like, a different map, and I'd put where the secrets were, and, you know, so, I, you know, I'm drawing... <laughs> I'd probably be completely expelled nowadays for drawing uh, little pictures that were crudely drawn like robo-Hitlers <laughs> on these paper towels. Um, actually, I distinctly also remember in one level I put uh, a Darth Vader in, because that's right around the time I started liking Star Wars as Ooh, well. And uh, crossover. So, so, clearly, this game ran real deep with me, and I had a lot of affinity for it if I was going to that sort of length now, as a child. Now, was Darth Vader the secret overlord behind the Nazi regime in your fantasy, or was he on the good side? I'm pretty sure I had him as a bad guy, okay. because, you know, as as a, what, what would I have been, like, eight in the second grade or something like that? I, you know, did not, if seven, eight, I did not have the the Darth Vader is cool mentality because I was a small kid. So at that point, Darth Vader was still very much a bad guy in my eyes. Oh, okay. So see, I, my one thing about like, we talk about doom and we talk about Wolfenstein, like, yeah, I played a lot of those, but, but FPS didn't mean anything to me until later. Like first person shooter was like a different type of, uh, you know, it was a different game genre. It was a different like perspective, but it didn't really change for me until later on, and with, like, I don't know, in 64, I probably would say is when first-person shooter meant something to me, beyond just, oh, this is a cool game. And it's something we'll get into in a little bit, but prior to, really, that Nintendo 64 genre, uh, I mean, era of the, you know, the Golden Eyes, the Perfect Darks, those sort of games, once, you know, analog controls came in. Prior to that, they really just called them Doom clones. Yeah. Because that's what most of these games were, is someone else trying to cash in on the success of Doom. So, one thing I didn't know, getting back to the roots, Wolfenstein 3D, as much as I've loved this game, I did not know that it was a remake. There was a Wolfenstein 2D released in 1981 on the Apple II. Did you either, either of you guys know that? No. Nope. No idea. No. Nope. I've never, I didn't, I haven't looked up any footage of this. I don't know anything about it. I always wondered why they called it 3D. Yeah. So apparently Other than was, the, the the graphics, I guess, but yeah. I mean that's why I assumed it was called that. Yeah. But but Castle Wolfenstein released in 1981 on the Apple II, and then a sequel well, that was Beyond Castle Wolfenstein in 1984, also on the Apple II. No, mm. no, that was before my time. Don't know anything about it. If so that then, was before my time. It was well before your guys' time. Because you're ancient. I am. Yeah. I'm old as you're shit. Should... You're, the, you're the crypt keeper of the Legend of Retro. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so then 1992 comes along and Wolfenstein 3D comes out. Now, it's it's your basic early on first person shooter. You're going through the castle. You're trying to kill Hitler. <laughs> That's a video game. That's that, a video game. That is a game with a simple objective and a right objective. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, you can't you can't go wrong with that. Uh, mix in some dogs and zombies, and you're you're good to go. Now, one thing that was revolutionary in my eyes about Wolfenstein 3D is the secrets. The fact See, that you're going through this castle and you could push you know a section of the wall, and then all of a sudden there's all this gold, or there's your machine gun, or there's all this better stuff. And prior to that, in my gaming experience, I had never played a game that had secrets in every single level like that was what did the gold do i, I didn't because i didn't play wolfenstein i think it was all score based you know you're going over the booking 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 every time you pick up a piece of you know you're grabbing like goblets of gold and golden crosses and all that kind of stuff you could eat dog food to get health you could pick up oh, like trays gross. of peas yeah i mean secrets like i mean for a first person shooter yes uh, secrets have been around since yar's revenge though on atari um yeah, absolutely. as far as having to do find certain special areas and then there's something there and because of it you you gain something you know but um like et <laughs> et for atari has tons of hidden secrets where like you can become indiana jones you can become like there's all sorts of weird other like spielberg like hints inside et that people don't know about because they don't even play ET because it's so terrible. Yeah, I'm just saying for me this it 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 was so fun for me looking for those secrets because I hadn't been as into one of those games and, and discover the secrets and even at a young age, even you know seven eight years old, I was able to to find these secrets and, and play through the level. And of course, I did plenty of playing through in God mode, which is it was either it was either this game. Or Doom, I think it was IDDQD was the code to get into God mode. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do remember that for for uh, for Doom. Uh, but I don't know. I I did. Yeah, I liked. There were certain aspects of Doom where like you could turn on extra blood. You could turn on uh, explosion where people you know people would <laughs> you'd shoot something and everything <laughs> would just explode. So I don't know. Graphically, I have a hard time remembering it back then where I felt like it was like unbelievable it was just the concept of being seeing my hands only type deal you know seeing only like looking through the eyes of the character instead of staring at mario going left to right or uh you know top down it was just it was that perspective that always stuck with me was doom was that it was always that game like when i thought about it it was doom yeah so and and i really this gets so really dumb i really reflected with the face (laughs) that showed like next to your health because I always felt bad oh, when yeah, the guy yeah, was yeah. like really hurt. I'm like, shit, oh man, look at the bunch of pain he's in. <laughs> like, like he's just stressing out because his or my health is so low. Uh, that was something really simple for me to just be affected by. <laughs> yeah, I just remember the first time like running into one of the, I guess demons, whatever you know. They just uh, chase you. And like, I <laughs> I've played it on the 32x now, you know, Doom. And I'll turn the corner, and I remember like so exact when I was a kid, I was like oh, you know, shit, bad guys, you know, like, and I'm freaking out, and now, like, I go play this game, and I turn into a room, and I turn, and I watch them in their predetermined, uh, like, path that they run, and I'm just sitting there. And until they hit that certain, like, detection box, they just keep running that same path. <laughs> and I'm just, so I just watch them, and they're just in their clunky-ass mechanics, and I just, la- and, like, it's it's amusing to see how, where we've come from, but at the same time, you know, during that period, it was state-of-the-art. So yeah, I, I don't know, but the the little demons were always they were always cool. At some points, I'd sit there and let them shoot me just so I could see them shoot their fireballs. But yeah. Now, I've just remembered there was a 
like a Star Wars equivalent to like Doom, wasn't there? Oh, we'll get into that when we start okay. talking Doom clones. Good, so, good. So yeah, Spear of Destiny, Wolfenstein, that that was a prequel that came out later the same year. Uh, and that game was cool for me because it, I'd never played a game where they were like rewriting history. So in this game, you were going. Hitler had the spear that pierced Jesus, and that's what the spear of destiny was. So again, to me as a child, having like that bit of twist on history was really cool. Now let's move on. 1993. That's where we're at with Doom. Doom gets released, and it pretty much takes over the gaming world, where they had to actually set corporate policies disallowing people to play Doom. There's so many people in corporate settings downloading and installing Doom and playing it on their computers. I'm trying to see if I have any uh, of the Doom sales figures. And this led to one of the biggest debates of like game ratings being more prevalent, right? Uh, no, this I think it didn't. Yeah, no, it, it, this was it would be a, a couple of years after this. This probably I guess this probably started the movement, but but not really people talking about it cuz it was like 94, 95 that really pushed into having the ratings start hitting on the uh on the game cartridges as far as, you know, mature and teen and all that stuff. But I mean, I'm sure Doom probably was the was the beginning. Because if you think of like name another game that well, it's also it's it hits on the religious end and the the violence and gore end. Right, exactly. Yeah. So you're hitting two subjects that are particularly sensitive to you know political audiences, parents. You know, this is what early '90s, so that's a very new time for video games to be affecting kids, and more so because they're more readily available. So well, then video games didn't have the. Uh... You know, when you think of video games now, back then they were looked upon as a distraction, yeah, rot your brain. You know, they just they weren't necessarily looked at in a positive positive light. So, anything that was was gore and and negative on top of the you know already people not liking the game industry after the fall of almost where video games didn't exist anymore. Um, yeah, I definitely could see Doom. But it did well. It did great. <laughs> like that's the thing. Like it, it, <laughs> it took yeah, off. It sparked. So yeah, I don't know. Let's let, let's talk about how well Doom did. Let's look at some sales figures we have here for Doom as, as a franchise. So we're talking the shareware copies that uh, you know you could give to your friend, install on their computer, and they can register it later. Uh, shareware tur- registrations turned in a hundred thousand dollars per day after the release. Holy cow! <laughs> so holy wow. shit. That's an insane amount of people registering this game. Uh, Doom 2's initial release was 600,000 copies, and that's in the <laughs> early 90s. Mm-hmm. Uh, supply was intended to last uh, one quarter of the year, uh, but it lasted one month. Wow. So they sold through their whole supply. This was the last three months in a month of Doom 2. <laughs> Doom 2 has sold over $100 million. Uh, that's $80 million in the United States, $20 million in Europe. Um, for in the retail version of Ultimate Doom sold $20 million in the United States alone. So that was a f- complete version that had all the levels combined. Um, Doom 2 was the second best-selling CD-ROM game of 1994. I'm curious to know what would be the number one CD-ROM game. Of 1992? Of 94. 94. 94. Chops, do you want to see if we can look that up on your phone yeah. real quick? What, was the, game what beat Doom 2 in 1994? Can they count pinball? No, that was on Windows ninety five. So yeah, but P- but CD ROM do they also count consoles? Because did you have PS one out at it's, that point? It says CD ROM. I don't think they would count consoles, and I can't think of anything on a on PlayStation in its first year that would have beaten ninety four Doom two. Yeah, 
Huh, I don't know. Well, and due to a rampant piracy in Asia, id Software sold the rights to sell the game uh, to the biggest pirate for one dollar per copy. So just because everyone was copying it, id Software's like, let's just make it a dollar. Yeah, right. At least, <laughs> at least we get something out of it. Yeah, that was a smart uh, conceit on their on their behalf. So that's pretty cool to look at some of those Doom figures. And like I said, it was taking over the workplace. Everyone was playing Doom in the in the mid '90s. And so that gave birth... Oh, all right, actually, let's talk about some of the systems that, that Doom came out on. Original Doom spanned this these systems. MS-DOS and Mac, sure. so where most people probably play it. It came out on the 32X yep. in 1994. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's Jeff. what I was looking at. I was just making sure, but yeah, Mist was the best-selling oh, CD run. Which makes all the sense in the world. That makes sense. I, I, yeah. I, yeah, I was just I was trying to make sure because it didn't explicitly say it, but whenever I typed in best-selling CD-ROM game 1994, the Mist just popped up. Yeah. Like, it didn't even yeah. say it. It yeah. makes so. sense. It says it's actually the best-selling CD-ROM game until 2002 when The Sims took over. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. Sims is just a fucking nightmare. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a juggernaut. So... So we had releases, um, 32X, Atari Jaguar. Yep, I knew that one. Really, Super Nintendo, which I'm sure a lot of us have played the Super yep, Nintendo version. Yep. The PlayStation. It comes in a red cartridge. Yep. Yep. Which was so cool. Yeah. Every time I see it in a resale shop, I'm like, ah. Oh. They had it at a disc replay, and I almost bought it the other day. Yeah. I've, I've n- numerous times it's been at our local game shop, and I, I almost grab it every time, but I've, I've yet to pick it up. I own it. Is it pricey? 20 bucks. 20 bucks. That's yeah. not bad. Yeah, not too bad. But you would not, most people would not say that that's the definitive version of Doom to play, you know? No. no. And I, I own it in, in other forms, so it's like, how many times do I need to own this game? But Seven. I guess so. What to, else do we have? To the surprise of no one, 1995, it came out on the PlayStation. Oh, I didn't know that. It came out on the 3DO. 3DO. <laughs> Panasonic <laughs> 3DO. Uh, it got an official Windows release in 1996, supposed to running on DOS. It made it even to the Sega Saturn. Oh, in 1997. Wow. Oh my god! And here's here's actually a version that I want to go after. Game Boy Advance in 2001. No way! I have Wolfenstein 3D really? on the Game Boy Advance, but I didn't know Doom made it to the really. Game Boy I do oh, remember. I that. Yeah, I do remember that on Game Boy Advance. But yeah, interesting. So span a lot. That's that's, so that's cool. just the original. Oh Doom right. Game. Yeah, there's been yeah tons more. That doesn't got Doom 2 or you know eventually you know Doom Ultimate. Uh, Doom 64 is not included in here because it was technically a little bit different game. I think there's some different levels to it. Yeah, oh, I didn't know yeah, that. Doom 64. Yeah, that was, I was just about to bring that up. Is that uh, it was like slightly different, but I'm not, you, I'm not sure how. So, have you played it? Do you own it? I own it. Yeah, yeah. It's. Uh, I think it has more guns. I know that's one thing. Yeah. I think I think I think it might be a completely different game in a lot of ways. Yeah, I'm not sure, but. So, um. Go ahead. So piggybacking off the success of Doom, everyone was playing second best selling. Uh, CD-ROM of 1994. That success continued through the 90s. At that point, everyone's like, oh, hey, we can make one of these Doom-type games and make a buttload of money off it, and sen- and hence the Doom clone was born. Now, here's a fun fact about uh, that I want to ask, a trivia question. Do either of you know, when Doom was being made, what movie franchise it was supposed to be a game for? Oh. It's a big movie franchise, and it was supposed to be a game for that, but they couldn't get the licensing. Or they, they if the talks fell apart or something. Hmm. Um. I have no. I don't know. I do not know. Is it a sci-fi movie? It is. My thoughts are Predator. 
Maybe no. Alien. Aliens? It's Alien. It is yeah, alien? alien? Okay. Yeah. It's supposed to be an Aliens That's, that's what I was An Aliens say. game was originally what it was supposed two. to be, uh, and then it ended up falling through. But I Man, mean boy, are they glad they pro- that it fell through. Yeah, because they were successful on their own. Right. Oh, yeah. So so the Doom clone was born, because everyone wanted to cash in and make a Doom knockoff games, and also id Software went on to produce some more games, and we'll get to those in a little bit. Uh, but let, let me run down a, a list, some of these on the list, and see if you guys remember any of them, and then we can come back. Uh, see if you guys remember or have played any of them. So one of them was an Alien Trilogy game. Yep, I have that. I did not play those. No. On one called Alpha Storm. No. Never played that one. One called Blakestone. Yeah. I played it. Chops, I, can you pull pictures of Blakestone for me so I can remember what it was? But I played it, and I don't yeah. remember anything about it. I remember the name. Yeah, so I'm curious to see what, you know, just seeing pictures might jar my memory. A game called Blood. A game called Chasm the Rift. Mm-hmm. I feel like I may have played Chasm the Rift, or I know what it is. Here, here's one of my favorites we'll get back to. Uh, let's see. Okay, Chops has this uh, Blake Stone up here. Oh, yeah, it's sort of a sci-fi version of Doom. I absolutely played that. Absolutely did. Um, one that I'm looking forward to talking more about in a few minutes here, Chex Quest. I didn't play that. I didn't I, play yeah. a lot of these. Oh, yeah, we'll talk about Chex Quest here in a minute because it's a, a big part of this. Um, trying to Let me jump ahead. Dark Forces is one on there. Um, Descent Duke Nukem 3D. Of course, uh, of yeah, course. Huge, yeah, more than that. likely the most famous Doom clone, sure. I would say. It's, yep. it's certain, certainly in the conversation for most famous. Um, another one, uh, Heretic. Yep, yeah, I played that. Talked about. And Hexen. Hexen, I remember that Hexen, one. Hexen, I played a lot of before Heretic, Heretic. I played Hexen, which was sort of a medieval and you cast spells. Yes. Oh, never So instead of guns, you had like... Wizardry cast. shit, yeah. yeah. And that that was very cool. It was very dark and sort of brooding. Um, Island, Isle of the Dead, uh, a Jurassic Park game. I kind of remember the Jurassic Park clone a little bit. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if I... I think could... I remember that one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, hopping Vaguely. down a little bit. Nightmare 3D, Operation Body Count, Outlaws. <laughs> Redneck Rampage. Is Redneck right. Rampage. I remember that. Uh, <laughs> I remember that one. Shadow Warrior, Strife, uh, Star Wars Dark Forces. Yes, I remember yeah, that a yeah. lot. Uh, Termi- uh, a series of Terminator games. And mm-hmm. here's the one I uh, actually want to play the most. And Jay, it's now your quest to find me a copy. Okay. William Shatner's Tech War. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear God! William Shatner had a Doom clone. So, oh, wow. uh, of things on the list, I gotta look that up. Now. What ones did you guys play? What do you remember? Oh man, I remember uh, Redneck for sure. What uh, was that like? I didn't play it. I, so, so a lot of these. How how I came across a lot of these on this list is you had these at the, at that time it was real popular to start building your own computer, and so you had all these PC computer sh- swaps. They call them. And you'd go to like these shady flea markets and shit, and once a month they'd have a computer show. And my dad would go to buy parts, and he'd just let me, you know, he'd give me twenty five bucks and let me walk around. And every booth you went to had these like these doom these doom clones slash like VR th- headsets, all sorts of different shit. So I'd always end up picking up a new game, and I picked. I remember like Red Dead at one point, or not Red Dead, sorry, uh, Redneck, and. Um, I was like, "Oh, it's Doom," but like goofy. That's what I remember. It was, it was just, it was silly. You know, like your guns were—they weren't guns. They were just like, like 
you know, a, to- a t- uh, what was the, the one I remember was like a toilet seat shooter. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like just like junk, junk, janky as shit. So picking that up, uh, Duke Nukem picking that one up. The Star Wars, I, I was, I was always pick up my my weird like shareware shit from these shows. So uh, the Star Wars Dark Forces was was one that I really enjoyed, and. Um, I mean, those were the ones I remember, and I just remember always picking up. The, a lot of times, it would be like multiple games on one disc that you're buying from some dude for five dollars at, at like this shady, oh, yeah. you know, show. So that, those are my memories about this. But but red, but redneck was something I spent some time on. I remember something about a chicken too. I can't remember. What, I can't remember what what the chicken was though. This tech war game looks good. I'm pretty excited. Like about that. the graphics are pretty intense. Yeah, and there's some sexy, sexy uh, latex-covered women yep. in here. And then there's a guy, and it's William Shatner shows up, and it says, "Take tech and die." The Shat, <laughs> Shat wow. getting in on the game. Yeah, this is something we're gonna have to check out for sure. Oh yeah. Let me let me take a look at it. Chops, Chops. What what on the list did, of these games did you play? So Heretic a lot. I played that a lot. Um, but Star Wars, Dark was it Dark Forces, Dark right? Forces. That was a huge game for me. I spent a lot of time playing that and other Star Wars based like uh, Rogue Squadron and uh, Tie Fighter, X Wing, those those oh, kind of games. Yeah. Um, and that's when I was really into Star Wars. So I played a ton of that game. I don't ever. Re- so one common thing, and I'm going to ask you guys and see if you agree with me on this. I don't ever remember beating any of these games. I remember playing them a lot, and I remember them being difficult in ways, but I never remember completing one of these. I don't know if I ever beat them, because mainly at that age when I'm playing like a Doom-type game, I'd get in a couple levels and I'd lose interest. Right. It wasn't It wasn't my goal to try to beat the game. I, was, I would go kill things and eventually move on with my, my day, but <laughs> I don't know. I do not remember beating the, m- most of these games. Now, I, I do have to say that I, I think my interest level in these early first-person shooters was really, really high. Just I, it's something I don't really think about a lot, but now having this conversation, I remember how into Wolfenstein and Doom I really was. Uh, and again, I'm sure God Mode was used, but I do remember the end of Spear Destiny. Oh, wow. Uh, you know, again, it's God Mode. So, I mean, I was, I was probably like six playing this game, but I remember mowing through and killing Hitler and, and all that. And then uh, Doom, for sure. I remember the last level of Doom. And I, I remember getting there without God Mode because I remember specifically how much I died trying to beat the boss in the last level of Doom. Uh, but I had been there, and I absolutely loved the game. Yeah, see, again, I didn't care enough until the golden, you know, the 007 GoldenEye in 64 zone. You, you talk about FPS then. I think I'd probably beat every single one of those games that I played, but... When I was a little kid, like when you, when I was little, I don't well, remember beating mini games. Yeah, period. And like I don't remember grasping story too often on, True, on these that games too. Yeah. So like to play a Doom Heretic, where the story is is kind of buried in the, the style of the game. I, I that's what I remember specifically is just the feel of the game. I don't remember the levels too much. I don't remember beating them. I don't remember bosses specifically, but I remember the things that killed me the most, like the minions and then like lava pits and like cliffs and things like that. Sure. Gameplay mechanics yeah. more so than completing them. But yeah, Star Wars for sure was the one I played a lot. Now, after the massive commercial success of Doom, a very unlikely thing happened. 
Let's Doom. talk about Chex Quest. Oh, God. So, what is so, Chex Quest? So, okay, so Chops doesn't remember Chex Quest, which makes me think a lot of people probably don't remember Chex Quest. Chex, the cereal. The people that make the cereal, who knows if it's by Post or Quaker, I think it's Post probably is Chex. They contracted it to make a Doom clone where it's non-violent and you play as this Czech-like space guy and you have to go around and zap these these aliens back to... They're like these little goo guys that are there gooing up your checks, making your checks soggy or whatever, and you have to warp them back to their dimension. So it's non-violent because <laughs> you're not killing them. You're just zapping them with your... You get different zappers, you zap them back to their dimension. And I specifically remember, like, in Doom, you could get the chainsaw. In Chex Quest, you could get... Your your basic weapon was a spoon, but you could get, like, a laser spoon. <laughs> they had to know where to go. And that would, you know, do more damage when you had oh to spoon my these God. guys. Uh, and I, you're all about spooning these aliens, oh, aren't you? me always spooning up with aliens. <laughs> but, I, you know, this came in the box of Chex, and I was like... I, think, I, I almost want to say, like, maybe my aunt got it and brought it over or something like that. She's like, this was in the cereal. I'm like... What is this? And I pop it in and I go, it's Doom, but you're cereal. Like, it was the coolest game to me as a kid. Uh, and, like, I had so much fun with it because it was like a free Doom game. And they gave this away in the cereal box. And, oh, man, we're, the, the stats on this are crazy. Let's see if I actually have them. Oh, I might not have. Um, the, the amount the amount of cereal they sold like their their sales of checks spiked like 600% in the week <laughs> it, it was a ridiculously successful game and they made a checks quest 2 they oh, made a wow. sequel they did it again uh, I you know, I don't have the facts. I remember recently doing the research on it and just knowing that checks quest did amazing things for chess cuz they're basically giving away a free doom game yeah um that's crazy oh it was so good it was that was that's Man. the it's the best we prize should, ever had about we should cereal. do a whole episode on sponsored games, so like Ooh. Cool Spot, I have, Chex Quest. I have Mac Kids, or I Mac and I have one of those McDonald's or Mac the Burger King ones. Yeah, I, ha- I have one of the McDonald's games. I got it for like three bucks for this. We second. should do a whole episode on that. Oh man, that sounds like a blast. We're definitely gonna have to do it. So, with the success of Doom, id Software kept things rolling. And uh, Chops, do you have any idea what the next game they came out with was? Doom Two. Oh, beyond beyond the Doom series. Oh, was the successor to the Doom? Did the I the ID I actually produced? Uh, I don't remember. Would be it went uh, on to be a very big series. Yeah, is it a shooter? No. Is it Call of Duty? Nope. No. No. Like the original Quake. Quake. Oh, yes. Quake. Yeah. Okay. So id Software, you know, the Doom engine powered Doom. Uh, then they came out with the Quake engine, which you know, according to my my research before the show, could render, uh, you know, render stuff in quicker time and uh, you know actually render the 3D graphics better and became its own series. It's the spiritual successor to the Doom series. Now, here's something that I didn't know that is gonna get Jay all bonered up. Ooh! So prepare your pants. So unzip those pants. My, yeah, it's, it, my zipper's done, done. In so 1996, good. Quake came out featuring music composed by some jerk off named Trent Reznor. Oh, uh, yes, yes, I knew. I did I had know no that. idea that Trent Reznor did the music for Quake. He was actually supposed to do more uh, after that when they got into like the original Xbox era. Mm-hmm. He was supposed to do more soundtracks, and that is when uh, 
while Trent was kind of in some darker times, and someone actually stole his identity and, and hacked his bank account, wow. and everything got jacked up, so Doom 3, he was supposed to do the soundtrack for and ended up not being able to do it. That's a bummer. Yeah. Doom 3 or Quake 3? Doom 3. Oh, wow. Now, now, did you guys play Quake? I played a lot of Quake, I played yeah. a little bit of it. Not too much. I played a lot more Unreal Tournament. Mm-hmm. No, I've, I've played, like, the original Quake a little bit, but I've played... The some of the uh, sequels to Quake, and um, you know it's very Doomish, but more weapons, a little bit faster. It may have been Quake Two that I have on the Nintendo sixty four, and I think I also have Heretic on the N sixty four. I think I have both of them. And if I remember correctly, there was an area in Quake that. I could not beat. It was like the fourth level in or something. It wasn't that far into the game. And I just always die on this level. And I finally said, screw it. And I never picked it up again. But I played a bunch of it for a while trying to beat this one level. But I bet you'd be pretty good at it now. I bet I would. I bet I'd be able to hold it down. Uh, so we're going to kind of call it at Quake because after 1996, we know what came into uh, into things. That was the the rebirth and the, you know the doom clone went away and we got into the era of the first person shooter uh with things like goldeneye and i think that's a topic for another time here on the legend of retro yeah any final thoughts about uh about that you guys think about you're gonna go back and play doom or anything like that i mean again i just picked up doom on the 32x uh and i picked up a 32x which i again had back in the day but now i have it again and that is where i think i plan to revisit doom um yeah what about you chops I want to find these Game Boy Advance ports, and I want to play those. I yeah, think that'd I, be a lot of fun on a handheld. I've been having a lot of fun with my DS Lite lately, playing some of my uh, GBA games, so that'd be another way. I, I would be interested to check it out on the, on the, uh, the DS Lite. Yeah, I think we're all going to be uh, raiding the local shops, fighting over who's going to buy Doom on the Game Boy Advance. I would <laughs> now, love Doom that. on the Game Boy Advance, do you know if it has a possibility for uh, Link Play? I have no idea. I know nothing. I didn't know it existed till. Because we're gonna all be sitting in the studio with link cords hooked up. <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> Doom, multiplayer Doom, multiplayer Doom if mine. it's possible. And, and the, so the reason we we brought up this subject is uh, the the rebirth of Doom comes out here in a week or two or so. They open Doom beta, Four, Doom Four, whatever you want to call yeah. it. It's the new new Doom game, and that's what sparked this conversation. Uh, Jay played it a little bit. Did it invoke any of the memories of classic Doom for you, or does it feel too so, feel, feel new? Yeah, so I, I mean, I got the early act, or I got it into the beta, and it was only multiplayer, which is pretty new to Doom. Like I'm, I'm used to playing a a driven story, one single player. But I will say this, and then we won't, we won't spend a ton of time on it. It felt like Doom, and that's it. It felt like playing an old Doom, be it Doom three, be it Doom, like it didn't matter. It felt like Doom. The the armor, the life, uh, all that stuff felt genuine and that's you know id teaming up with bethesda for this this time around really seems like a cool combination of companies to uh to work together and i'm very interested to see what the final outcome will be i can't wait to get some actual story content and get in there and and, um fight some of these giant looking demons that they got in this game so all right, well, that's going to wrap up all of our uh, our Doom and early first-person shooter talk. If we missed out on one of your favorite Doom clones or if you have anything, you got to let us know. Get on the forum. We're going to post on the forum about this, bxab.com. If you didn't know, if you're out of the loop, we now have a super kick-ass forum where you can uh, be part of the conversation and uh, tell us why we're idiots for leaving your favorite one off or uh, you and I can reminisce about killing Nazis together. Yeah. All right, guys, well... 
Thank you, Ethan. Now that I want to go play Doom, we're going to have to move into something else. I think it's time for some Retro Relapse. Jones in for a classic game? It's time for Retro Relapse on the Legend of Retro Podcast. Retro Relapse. That's right, guys. It's that time where we play an old game right before the show, and now we're going to talk about it, rate it, and and just all, all around cover this game with a little bit of love because this week... I'm very happy to say yes. we picked the King of Dragons. Dragons. We need a reverb button so that we can just say <laughs> King, King of, of Dragons. Dragons. I'm not going to lie. I think if I spent more time with the soundboard, I could probably make that happen because we do have built-in effects. But All right, let's yes. spend the next 30 minutes just trying to do it. So here, you guys I'm just gonna, keep saying okay. King of Dragons King and I'll keep playing just around. keep twisting stuff. Dragons! <laughs> All right, so um, real quick, we got the developer and publisher. As Capcom. Yes, and that's a... Now, during this era of games, it's a solid company to be producing this. Yeah, it's not the typical Capcom of, of today. Of late. But uh, distributors were uh, Romstar for the U.S., and we had a arcade version of this as well as the Super Nintendo version, which is what we played. Yes. The arcade version was a three-player arcade cabinet. Uh, Super NES is, a, you know, is two-player. And it's basically your typical well when you first start this game it looks like your typical brawler looks like your typical uh streets of rage you know turtles in time um side scrolling beat them up double dragon you know that type of style but then you quickly realize that there's aspects to this game that that you see nowadays more common in in some of these games but not back then and that is uh action rpg aspect mixed in with the brawler aspect yeah so you have five classes to choose from when you start off you have a cleric an elf a dwarf a monk and a wizard and they all are based on different attributes so melee range agility and magic and so some are better at more than the others and that that's the first level of change and RPG aspect you get with it, but then as you beat guys and you uh, kill enemies and, and the bosses, you level up your weapons, your armor, and your health gets better. Um, which was something that I didn't expect when we played this game. Because it was so old, you know, I'm just thinking it's a straight up hack and slash. I'm going to basically almost die at the end of every level because everybody hits stronger for me and the sprites aren't going to be as uh, responsive, but the the gameplay, the adjustability with characters, and the upgrades that you got made it really fun. Yeah, the they call it Capcom actually had a game called Knights of the Round, and they had this similar system built into that game. So they took the features what they they called the level advancement system, uh, and it allowed characters' attributes to be upgraded. Uh, as the player progressed through the game. But the cooler, th- you know, so that was very cool. Very, very, you know, ahead of their time. But the the one thing that I always love, even in today's games, when and, and when you don't get this, it drives me crazy, is that when you get an enhancement and the little image shows, like, a different mace, but it doesn't change your character's look, that right. drives me crazy. And this game actually did that. You would, you would level up your mace, and it would get bigger, have more spikes on yeah, it. Yeah, your shield yeah. would change with yeah. the cleric, and it, and it overall changed the effect of the look of the character, too. Now, and I did read that the sprites were severely reduced for the Super NES version and the arcade version, because the sprites are actually, even playing it on Super Nintendo, they were very detailed. 
Yeah. I was very surprised at how the enemies look and how the characters looked. But I couldn't imagine. I mean, it'd probably look so great on the arcade. Yeah, and oh. you know, as far as your enemies, you were you were fighting orcs, you were fighting you know harpies, uh, werewolves, cyclops, uh, monitor, uh, uh, monitor, what, my Min- God, minotaur. minotaurs. There, can't say it. But um, and then the the I guess the end boss being a red dragon. Ooh. Um, yeah, so he's a red dragon, and his name is. Mollus? Um, no, that's the, that's the kingdom you're in. Mollus oh, okay. is the kingdom you're in. The red dragon is called uh, Gildas. Okay. Yeah. Like, like the it felt so cool. The, you actually got a feel of this world, and and the one thing I hate in like, uh, what is it of uh, Might and Magic? I think there was like a recent PlayStation download one uh, of that you could get that was similar to this game. Do you remember? I'm sorry. What? There was like a recent hack and slash side scrolling game that you got on PlayStation Plus recently. Like a couple months back, it was like... Oh, Might, Dragon uh, Crown? No, not Dragon Crown. It was like a Might of Magic. It was like a typical anyway of storyline. But anyways, that one felt really drawn out. But these levels for, for King of Dragons were quick. But they were rewarding because you had a, a lengthier boss battle at the end that actually helped kind of develop like, okay, you're building to this bigger fight and you're spending more time in it. And it was just, it was more overall rewarding than I think most of these type of games were. Yeah, and then, you know, another thing that, that was um, nice in this game was the, and we made comments of it, was the uh, soundtrack, the music. Oh, yes, it was And there's awesome. good reason for that is because it was actually composed by, and I'm going to butcher the hell out of this, but it was it? composed by Yoko uh, Shimomura. Yoko Shimomura. Yeah, and if you don't recognize... But uh, her, if you don't recognize her work, it's because uh, you're stupid. Because she she did she composed for Final Fight, Street Fighter Two, um, and then from '93 to 2002, she worked for Square and did soundtracks for you know little games like Kingdom Hearts. Um, and then when she left Square, she just jumped on and did you know another little thing called Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga. So. She's awesome. <laughs> when you look at the list of stuff, I, I think it's like hit, hit, hit. <laughs> is she is she on the new Final Fantasy? Uh, I'm not a, not uh, I'm not a hundred percent sure. Okay, on that. I, I don't I don't have be, all of her details. I don't have all of her detail, t- details up here, but she has done Breath of Fire. She's been involved oh, with Breath, Breath of Fire, Fire Super Mario RPG. So she's like this t- game. Tabal number one. This this game has a one awesome producer and developer of its time. And an awesome soundtrack that creates just an overall epic game. Hold on, I'm not done yet. Parasite Eve, Jeez. Legend of Mana, <laughs> Kingdom Hearts. Oh my God! Wow. I could, yeah, it's it's really uh, Heroes of Mana. Jesus, All right, I'm gonna stop now. Look her up if you're interested. She's done. You're right. She is. Uh, she's she is currently Fantasy. working on Final Fantasy 15 yep. and Kingdom Hearts 3. Yep. I thought so. They did that. They showed her yeah. in the stream. So the music in this game, uh, you know, back to King of Dragons. The music is fantastic. Um, I want to play this. I want to play this arcade game because of the three-player aspect. Yeah, the so, arcade yeah. was out in 1991. It didn't get ported to the NES until '94 mm-hmm. uh, in the you know emulated version. And like you said, it it has some restrictions based you know compared to the arcade version. But it does have 16 levels, and uh, it, it it's a fun hack and slash with with the uh, the role playing aspect to it so very very cool um what what would you let's let's pull out the 8-bit scale and chops what would you give this game i'd give this a solid eight out of eight bits i had a lot of fun with this game even though it was challenging i never felt at any point that the game was against me 
I like the variety, the variety in characters, the magic, the cleric when he died and when he used his special would go, ho. Yeah, they all have some great, some great sound effects for sure. So fun. It would, it made the game felt unique in an era, I think, of a lot of those type of games or a lot of uh, trying to push ahead and push the envelope of. RPGs and variety in games. So for me, eight out of eight. You need to play this game. You need to find it. If you have the arcade version, I'm coming over. We're gonna play. Well, good news is actually the arcade version uh, is part of the Capcom Classic Collection Volume Two, which was released for the PS2 and the Xbox in 2006. Mm. And this was also released as Capcom Classic Collection Reloaded. For the PlayStation Portable, the PSP. Oh, nice. So it is out on a few other uh, systems if you're having a hard time finding an actual arcade. No, I want, thing. I want the actual arcade. I mean, yeah, so do I. Um, I'm going to have to give it a perfect score, too. This this felt like when I pick up Streets of Rage 2, when I pick up um, Double Dragon vs. Battletoads, you know, the other brawlers, Turtles in Time, other brawlers that I just love to play, this felt just as good. And then to add the RPG aspect to it made me not only want to play this game more, but it made me want to play as other characters yes. to see their progression, well, and, and which because, is replay value. Yeah. Eight out of eight. And because, like, even reading on this game and seeing it, there there's such a drastic difference between each character that you're going to get a different gameplay every time, and you're going to find different ways to complement each other. Yeah. So, like, as the cleric, it had a little bit of range, but it was mostly a tank and mostly magic. Right, where, the el- where if you were the elf, you actually had a bow. Yeah, you did a bow, and you focused on magic, but you had low health. So, yep. like, like there was obvious trade-offs, and to be a, like to have a three people playing this game, I could see it as being so much fun. The only thing I would knock on it is that I wish the gold meant something other than point value, like you could purchase some stuff. But other than that, it was awesome. Yeah, I mean that would be like it taking it to the next RPG level where right. you could cash in your what you're collecting. Yeah, like in between stuff. stages, or yep. you have like a time session where you're like, okay, uh, heal me, heal myself, or you know, make me invulnerable for the first thirty seconds or something like that. Yeah, because like the one thing about this is that we, though we say it has RPG aspects, most of the time you got your level up gear by beating the boss at the well, yeah, end of the level. It's on a track, I think. It's kind of tracked, yeah. Uh, and, until we got later on. Later on, I started seeing you grab stuff mid- in the middle, in the middle of a level. level. Yep. So, yeah, no, I mean, obviously that would be cool, but I, I don't, like, it has, it a, really, take it has a really good balance. Yes. So I would say, overall, it's got the perfect score for us. I, re- I really like it, and I recommend anybody to check this out. Here's the unfortunate part of it. On the Super Nintendo, it is not a cheap cartridge. Uh, you're looking at about 40, 50 bucks for this oh, wow. game, and uh, it, you know, completing the completing the box is about uh, ninety nine dollars, so about a hundred bucks for completing the box. Oh wow! But Where'd like I said, that? you can just keep an eye out for the uh, Xbox, PS two, um, Capcom Collector's Edition or not Collector's Edition, um, whatever Collection Volume two, Capcom Collection Volume two, PS two, Xbox. That would be another way to play this game. So, but yeah, guys. That's been Retro Relapse. Uh, Ethan, did you want to give this a rating? I mean... I, so I watched it, and I have to say, I'm a big Golden Axe fan, and this game, if you're a fan of Golden Axe, just watching footage of this game is going to have you salivating, because it it's, it's a medieval beat-em-up, and it looks super kick-ass, and just from watching it, I totally agree with you guys. Eight out of eight. I'm looking forward to, after the show, playing some with you guys, three-player. Yeah, exactly. 
All right, so guys, this retro relapse. Uh, you guys send in games that you want us to play. So you can send in your requests right on the forum. So you can just go to the forum on bxab.com. There's the Legend of Retro channel. Click on it and right in there. Try to say, hey guys, how come you haven't played Bionic Commando yet? How come you haven't played Shadowed Hearts? And these are games that were they're on the list, guys. That that I'm calling them out because yes, we have not played them yet, but we will get to them. Uh, but yeah, you can uh, send in any request we, as long as we have it in the collection or if it's a uh, reasonable price, we can add it to the collection and we will play it, give you a shout out, and of course, review this game. So thanks guys, this has been Retro Relapse and uh, we're going to move into the quick version because we're not going to spend too much time, but here's some emails. Welcome. Get around everyone. You've got mail. It's not spam. <laughs> Mom, get off the phone! The Legend of Retro Podcast. Alright, guys, so the only reason we even went into this uh, is because we got one special question. And that is from none other than Jazzy. Oh, gross. That's right. He's, he's dirtier than Dirty Dylan. He is. He, he's a stinky bitch. But he did have a question. The best retro game ever is clearly. Dragon Seeds for the PS1. I remember using my mom's egg timer to do the time challenges in order to level up my dragon. What non-video game related items might you all have used to help assist you in a video game? Oh, man. Non- I've used timers, definitely. I've used timers uh, for, for certain things before before you had you know stuff built into the game. But also, I mean, one thing I'll never forget was button mashing uh you know being able to you know button mash certain ways to get stuff so like example street fighter 2 smashing a car or like mortal Kombat building up your power to break break you know bricks or whatever or whatever it was um so what would you do is you take your shirt and you'd wrap your thumb in the shirt so that you could just run your hand across all the buttons faster <laughs> uh it was actually a, a really good technique for the original Soul Calibur too. If you just if you had no idea what you're doing, you could just wrap your thumb up in your shirt and then run your fingers across the buttons and actually win. I think it's actually how Ethan won uh, Fight Night Round One. That's not true. I'm a straight up G with Valdo. <laughs> Don't even take that away from Bullshit. me. Bullshit. I am a thug with Valdo. I'm out running it. He's a thug when he wraps his thumb up and just runs it across all the buttons. I'm not a cheater like you. Uh, it's, it's because Valdo is not a, cheating. It's because it's his spirit animal. Yeah, yeah Valdo. <laughs> But I do remember, I do remember that technique uh, a lot early on fighting games for me. But I'll tell you one thing: I wish I had used gloves when I played Mario Party because I, I, you know, when oh, you would yeah. run bike to on the bike and you had to spin the joystick to wind up the light bulb. I can't tell you how many blisters I've gotten in the middle of my palm from playing that part and how much I wish I would have just like put a band-aid there for it or like work like a glove fingerless glove I guess is what I'm thinking let's just talk that. let's just talk about that for a second though here's a here's a game that here's a company that your controllers wore out your joysticks super fast yep. yet you develop games that required you to sit there with the joystick and spin it around in a circle as fast as you can over and over and over again and then I mean, it was genius because he had to buy new controllers yeah, all the right. time. That's why I refuse to play Mario Party on any of my N64 controllers. Do it with your controllers, sure. I'm not playing it on my controllers because <laughs> I want my controllers to last because Mario Party 
is garbage. And it destroyed it destroyed controllers. It destroyed them up. Oh my, yeah. There's no slop in my joysticks. They're but still I'm, good. But I'm like no slop in his I sticks. I like that though. You know it, ladies. I like the idea of this game that came out that was more destructive for the controller than anything else. And like it was so unique and so cool and creative with the games. It's just, like it just put to test these controllers. I love that. Yeah. Um, what about you, Ethan? Do you have any 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 real world item you use to help you with video games? It's tough because I'm not a cheater like you. Shut. You, there's no <laughs> cheating here. Well, I'm gonna rub my hand in my shirt and just button mash. No. No. You just button mash without your shirt, so you're just not as good at cheating. No. You yeah. just build the forearm strength up, so then you just use that one finger, just like jam. you know. I'm trying to think if there's any real world things I did. Oh, I got another one. Oh, I have a really good one. Let's see. You want me to come back? You want yeah, me to come yeah, back come to back you? Come back to me because I'm not sure. Here's one that my friends and I came up with, and we probably could have made a ton of money with it, and that is um, the screen divider. So we were playing so 007, told Perfect before. Dark, things like that, yeah. and we hated that like people would screen cheat. You, you'd look over into the corner and you'd be like, oh, I know where he's at, and then you'd run over and kill him. So we took cardboard and string and everything and built... A divider, and, and we even we, like at my buddy's house. He had like a like a, a high bed, and then the fl- and the floor. So we even built it where it had like tier levels. So if you were sitting above, it came out further, so you couldn't see below you, and, and you know, and then the people below would sit would actually be sitting underneath cardboard. But so two things: a, it's probably why my eyes are so fucked up because we played so close to the TV because of these dividers. But also, it allowed local multiplayer to be a little more fair. Where you, if someone had memorized the map by glancing at someone else's quadrant and being able to run over there and kill them, we eliminated that. And I, I'll never. That was great. I loved. We took that adrap that that fucking device everywhere we went because that was the only way we could play Goldeneye. Because we had all played it so much that if I just would look over at you know my buddy John's screen or something, I I, I could be there in ten seconds to kill him. I don't think I have any. I don't think I was as creative as you guys. I guess for me it'd be the Zelda map that my, my there dad you go. had. There you go. That's a good one. That was a uh, one I used a lot because he had played through it first. <clears throat> so just say paper because you know that you've like written oh, down I all I the Mortal Kombat moves. We all know I don't know how to read and write. How many times? Did you, how many was, times did you go to? I like, made a the spreadsheet. Store? I made a really accurate spreadsheet oh, to help me win games. Up. How many shut times up. did any of us go to the <laughs> store back back before internet? where we had bought a game like Mortal Kombat and we didn't want to buy the strategy guide so you go to the store, open the strategy guide write down all the finishing moves and then come back home so that you could try them out because you couldn't just look them up online. I know I did that. I didn't do that. That's because my parents wouldn't buy me the strategy guide. I did write or draw grids of like Mega Man codes to get to like the certain spots in the game so that I didn't have, you know, because you didn't save it. Yeah, you couldn't take a photo of it anymore. So like I had like the dots, like the grid with the dots and everything. I did that a lot. You know, okay, I did have a piece of paper with all of my Metroid save codes. All my codes. Oh, yeah, I don't know if this counts. It's all coming back now. I don't know if this counts, but I also had a lot of Game Genie, my favorite Game Genie codes. There we go. On the page. Yep, that counts. That counts. So I didn't have to go in the book. I just had them all written out. Yep. There you go. All right. Thanks for the question, Jazzy. Thanks, Jazzy, you um, piece of shit. I have one more question, and it is from Brick Bitch herself. 
Holla at you, Brick Bitch. Brick Bitch. For those oh. of you, for those of you not familiar with Brick Bitch, she's going to be starting a new uh, Wednesday night stream of Lego building, and she's going to be focusing at, to begin with. She's going to be focusing on Star Wars and Simpsons builds. So Yay. make sure to check that out on our Twitch page, Woo-hoo. our Twitch channel, twitch.tv backslash bxabgaming. All right. Her question is: Since she's been uh, playing some early access of the Ratchet and Clank game, that's a reboot. Which retro games would you like to see rebooted, and which games have been rebooted and have totally sucked? Um, I'd like to see a Breath of Fire reboot. Ooh, that would be good. I am a huge RPG fan right now, and I think with the lore... Right now? Like, forever? I know, but like with the lore that is behind of Breath of Fire, the fact that in the Breath of Fire 4, you turned into dragons, and like you, com- the way that you did it was different almost every time. That would be an awesome mechanic and an awesome RPG right now. I'm going to make Chops change his mind right here. Okay. They should reboot Lunar. <sighs> I, I agree and I disagree. One, I agree because, because the you... game's amazing, but I disagree because I love the original so much that there, I, there's no way it could live up to it. And they should reboot... Legend of Dragoon? Well, that would, that's God, another good Jesus. one. They should reboot... Knights of the Old Republic. Yes. Okay. That one hundred percent. Now, <laughs> now with the way that like Mass Effect is yes. just mo- like yes. just like monopolized that whole type of game, they can make a whole. Oh, Knights of the Old Republic would be so great. It'd be amazing. I would quit Destiny. I would quit almost every game because it would be like Fallout. It would be. That's it what would I mean. One hundred percent like Fallout. But Star Wars. Oh God damn it. Yep. I know. Maybe they'll do that someday. That'd be great. I got one that'd be pretty badass in a modern era. Road Rash. Oh, yeah. You're on motorcycles swinging pipes at other people? <laughs> I, I spent my fair share of time playing Road Rash, and then and a new Road Rash that would be more like like Grand Theft Auto-style like craziness, where not only could you do that, but you could like come up to someone that has a nicer like bike, knock them off, jump off yours, grab theirs, All and keep going. All online-based. So, oh, yeah. so it's only PvP. Only PvP. <laughs> that would be so mean. Yeah. <laughs> Another one I'd love, love, love to see F Zero make a comeback as a series. Absolutely. They should. Put, it, put it on. I don't know why they put haven't. Put it on Wii U. Put it up, preferably on 3DS. Like, so you can have a, re- a vibrant community of people playing a new F Zero game. I mean, the last one. Maybe the last one we NX. got was GameCube. GX? Yeah. Yeah, GameCube. yeah, G- maybe they'll yeah. do it for NX. So they've skipped a couple generations. They have that; they're overdue for that. For sure. I'd love to see it on handheld. Absolutely, oh, yeah. um, man. Now, any reboots that have gone bad? Yeah, reboots have come out and just totally fallen flat. Uh, um, it's hard for me to think of any right now. Man. I guess Tony Hawk Five. <laughs> yeah. Oh God! There, <laughs> you, you, go. winner, there you go. Winner, winner, winner is you. Winner is you. Uh, yeah, I can't. Even, there's not even another one to pick. That was that one so terrible. And let's just point out that instead of fixing the game, they thought it'd be the way they would get people to buy it is the first update. They inserted the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles as play as playable skateboarders, but didn't fix any of the issues with the actual gameplay. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> How did How- you? So you paid for the licensing to put the turtles in your game? After your game failed, but didn't fix your game, that's impressive. That's, that's impressive. What, what about uh, Guitar Hero? That oh was yes, terrible. Guitar Hero, terrible. I, I like. I was just at the game store. You could get the guitar, the game, everything. Twenty nine dollars. The brand new Guitar Hero. 
That's how horrible this that game is. Oh, Jesse. I know this was the last sec, the last part of this question, but I just thought of it. MMO RPG Battletoads. <laughs> no. I I would love I'd love <laughs> no. That'd be I the would, trolliest game ever. You have the worst people in the world playing. Three characters. I would Three love characters. anything Battletoads to happen for sure. Um so yeah, so yeah, if, make it. I would probably play it. What if they put Battletoads into a uh, like a Street Fighter or Tekken or they Mortal did. Kombat game? Killer Instinct. They did it. They did it. Pimple, yes. Pimples in Killer Instinct. Oh, I didn't even know. Well, I say I don't care. It's on Xbox. That's true. Yeah, that's I don't know yeah. that stuff. Haters gonna hate. <laughs> but um, I think that's it. Yeah. I know, I know, so I know one that is the spiritual successor is on the way uh, for Banjo Kazooie. I don't remember what yes. that game's called, but we're getting a pseudo banjo kazooie reboot and i would i'm i'm excited to play that i'd also love to see another conquers yeah if you've ever played conquers on the n64 it was a blast um conquers reloaded on the xbox was fun and then that was it so i mean i i i love the characters in that game i love the humor in that game so being i I think it would fit in today's uh today's gaming you know world that i'd love to see that again too but there's just some answers. Thanks for the uh, question, Brick Bitch. Thanks, Gene. And uh, that's emails. I just only had a couple. So uh, unless somebody else has anything lined up, anybody? No? No? Nope. Then emails is done. Let's close just, the book. Let's close this out, guys. Thanks for hanging out with us. This has been episode 14 of The Legend of Retro. We'd like to thank our sponsor, DetroitBeerCollective.com. Thank you so much. Use the offer code BXAB at checkout and order us $25 or more to receive 20% off. Guys, go check out the BXAP podcast. We just celebrated our 100th episode. It was an amazing show. Don't miss it. Uh, check out both shows at iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Overcast, and, of course, BXAP.com. Don't forget to go to the website because right now you can win free games, free Amiibos, free Funko Pops, free tabletop games. We're giving a lot away just as a celebration of our two-year anniversary our 100th episode just a big thank you to all of our fans so make sure to go over to bxap.com and enter that giveaway and that's it guys check us out bxap gaming on social media we'll see you next week and until then when the legend continues oh that's right when the legend continues (laughs) the legend shall continue see you guys okay bye